Hello, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of Pride or Die. I'm with my good friend and co-host, Nick Bradley of The Detroiter. I am David Pike from Detroit Lions Forum, bringing you guys exclusive content via Detroit Sports Nation. So, how you doing today, Nick? How's it going for you? Going great. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I don't know. Business as usual, I suppose. Nothing crazy to report. Repping the dogs today. Go green. Talking uh, oh, some lions, per usual. We got a couple things to go on. And it's always a good day to talk football. That's the nice thing, no matter what the weather is, no matter how I feel, what I had for lunch that day. It's always a good day to talk some Lions, so I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. I always love talking football with anybody, but love talking football with you, Nick. So we're going to dive right in really quickly, talk about some Detroit Lions football. And obviously, before we start anything, we got to pay homage to arguably the GOT for the Detroit Lions. Got to be talking about Barry Sanders. Just celebrated his 54th birthday. 54th birthday earlier this week so happy birthday to the goat barry sanders but i have a question for you if you had to pick any one retired detroit lion besides barry sanders and megatron because i ain't gonna make it easy for you who would you bring back to play on the team right now i don't even know that i I can't pick barry sanders not even on his birthday i feel like that's what he that's what barry would want for his birthday present this year is for nick bradley to pick him on his hypothetical football team. If I can't pick Barry, I don't know, Herman Moore. Like, Who else do the Lions even have? All the other guys that were on any team that was halfway decent, I wasn't alive for. Everybody else is Megatron or Stafford, who's still (laughs) in the league. So it's hands are tied. If you study the Lions history like I do, you've got guys like Alex Alex Karras, You've got other guys like Lem Barney. You've got Billy Sims. You've got Dick Knight, Billy Train Sims, Lane. Yeah. So, yeah. and that'd be who I would choose. If I couldn't choose Barry Sanders or Megatron, I'd go with Billy Sims because he was the original number 20 before Barry Sanders wore it. I'd actually like to is. change my answer. I'd like to change my <laughs> answer, David, to, to Mark Schlesinger. That's who I would take. Just a little grit and toughness on the team, for God's sake. It's football after all, isn't it? Give me Schlesinger. That guy, what a last name. Go ahead, though. All right. Billy Sims. All right. Old Ironhead. Yeah, I'd still go with Billy Sims because if I'm looking at the team right now, I could go with a guy like Alex Karras. I could go with a guy like – I could go with Herman Moore. I could go with Perriman. I could also go with Rick Spielman. But I think that the running back position is something that our team really needs to work this year. And Billy Sims, before Barry Sanders ever showed up on the scene – He was just such a dynamic runner. It was a real bad shame that he had his career cut short due to injury. So if I had to choose one Detroit line to bring back out of retirement, I would probably bring out Billy Sims if I had to take a choice. So you say Schlesinger, I say Sims. We're both thinking in the running back department behind the line scrimmage. (laughs) All of that football team. If I could get old Ironhead back with Schlesinger blocking for Billy Sims behind our offensive line, we wouldn't ever have to pass exactly right absolutely so keeping with the the fun topic so to speak we're going to kind of transition over a little bit and i know you like to play some madden i myself like to play some Mm -hmm. madden obviously we're getting ready for the new madden 23 game to drop here pretty shortly i think within the next couple of weeks or something like that but as with everything madden dropped out their early kind of positional rankings and they dropped out the wide receiver rankings And let's just be entirely honest, they did not look very heavily upon the Lions. Our (laughs) highest rated receiver was Amon Ross St. Brown at 78 overall. Oh. And that was, and 
it's just, it is what it is. I don't like the ranking. I don't think it's fair. But if you take a look at it, the Detroit Lions, all their wide receivers were ranked 60th or lower in the Madden 23 ranking. So I've just got to ask you, do you think the Lions wide receivers are still that bad? Or do you think Madden got it wrong? I don't think anybody was worthy of a 99. I'm not saying anything like that. 78 is. I feel like Amon Ra, even if you're not a Lions fan, you just look at stats. Like, he had a pretty good season. 78? Also, DJ Chark. I understand he didn't do anything last year. He's not been so bad. I feel like he's a kind of a decent wideout, or at least he was in Jacksonville before this past season. 78 is. You're telling me Amon Rock can't get into the 80s? Didn't it? What do you have? 900 something yards last year? He can't crack the 80s. Not just 80 yeah, flat. He I... can't even get 80 flat. <laughs> Total well, disrespect. I mean, thing... But I like the disrespect. Oh, for sure. Keep disrespecting us. Keep sleeping on us. It just makes it better. It's just, for me, you look at Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, he finished the last month of the year as the rookie of the month. He had 90 receptions for 912 yards, picking up more than half of his production during that last stretch of the season. So it's the fact that he's only a 78 and he's not ranked even a little bit higher, I think that's disrespectful more so towards him individually than towards the Lions. One one wide receiver that got a lot of praise, at least as far as an individual ranking, was Jameis Williams. He has a 98 mm. speed rating in the game. Mm. So it's like, it's like the boy can run. <laughs> Yeah, he'll be our redeeming quality once he gets playing. That guy will be a 99 overall in no time. Not worried about it. It is a little – just to Amon Ra, though. Forget the lines. Amon Ra. You can't even crack an 80? You're telling me there's 60 guys, 60 of them, over at Amon Ra St. Brown? I don't know about all that. Well, I really don't. But, hey, feed the beef. Make him a little more hungry. He's coming for 1K this year. Oh, I totally agree. If you just go back to – Amon Ra's stats last year, and you compare him to all the other wide receivers in the game. Amon Ra was ranked ninth in receptions. He was ranked 27th in yards. And this is as a rookie, mind you. So it's 78. Dude, that's way too low. Yeah. That's just too low for Amon Ra St. Brown, especially as what he did as a rookie. It's Come on, give us a little bit of love here. The disrespect. In fairness, <laughs> in fairness, the Lions have not earned an ounce of respect from anyone. So that's fair. But it does. it's tough for Amon Ra. He woke up today, looked at the Madden ratings. I ruined his bowl of oatmeal. So that's tough for him individually. I got no no doubt he'll bounce back, though. Big season, even bigger. Whatever you thought Amon Ra was going to do this year, add two touchdowns and another 150 yards on it. Just the folks at EA Sports. I have no doubt. I'm looking forward for Amon Ra St. Brown to have a really good season. Again, like we've talked on this show, he's got a massive chip on his shoulders. I've said it before, he knows all the wide receivers by name and the schools they went to that were drafted ahead of him in the draft. He knows every <laughs> single one of their names. So it's just keep feeding the beast. Keep telling him he's not good enough. He's going to prove you wrong. Yes, sir. So we're going to keep in tandem with wide receivers, but we're going to go to tight ends specifically. And what we're going to talk about is there was a new report that came out because obviously TJ Hawkinson, really good tight end for the Detroit Lions, and he's he was picked up for his fifth-year option. So he's got a little bit more time here in Detroit, but obviously the big question most Lions fans have is, when are we going to get him signed up for a long-term contract extension? It's We don't want to see him go away. He's actually a good player. We want to bring him in. And somebody actually put out a report 
and they did some number crunching, and they said that if TJ Hawkinson were to resign with the Detroit Lions, he would be making about $13.7 million annually per year if he were to sign a contract extension with them. So my question to you is, do you think that 13.7 mil is a fair enough number, or do you think it's too much, too little? What are your thoughts? That seems like a good amount of money for a tight end to be making. Now, I don't want to sit here and peddle myself off as some analytical GM contract savant. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know a thing about contracts. I will say this. The tight end spot, if you got an elite one, it's clutch. If you don't have an elite one, it's not great. But I don't, I've never thought about the tight end spot as a position where it's like you need one. You need one to compete. That said, having a good one is very nice. It's like a Jared Goff security blanket, the most cliche term in football, if they block. Again, huge. A tight end that blocks versus a tight end that only catches passes. Huge difference there. Bad contracts ruin football teams, though. Bad contracts ruin football teams. I don't know what the other biggest tight ends in the league make. I don't know what Kelsey makes. I don't know what Kittle Uh, makes off the top of my head. Do you? If I recall correctly, Kelsey, I think, makes like 15.5 mil a year. I think that's what he makes. And I think Kittle is roughly around the same ballpark. So he'd be up there like in the top 10, top 5 for tight ends. But see, here's the thing. And I've had this discussion with people outside of this discussion with you. And Mm -hmm. I've had people that say that they don't think TJ Hawkinson's a top 10 tight end. And I'm like, I beg to differ. I really do beg to differ because in my mind, Yes, he has had a problem staying on the field for the entirety of the season, but he plays more games than he misses every single year. It's not like he's out for more than half the season or something. Mm -hmm. And plus, on top of that, just like we were talking about with Amon Ross St. Brown, if you compare TJ Hawkinson's statistics last year, he had 61 receptions. That was for ninth best out of all tight ends. His 583 yards, I think it was 16th best. So even in a down year, he was still a top 20 tight in terms of production. So for me, it's 13.7 mil. It's Does that sound like a lot of money? Yeah, even for a tight end. But it's listen, if you take a look at what the Lions are going to be doing this season in the offense, the way the offense is set up, you got a whole bunch of outside wide receiver threats in Chark. You've also got Jamison Williams when he comes back. You can possibly throw Josh Reynolds and Cephas out there. You've got the running game behind you with Jamison Williams, not Jamison, with Jamal Williams and DeAndre. The middle of that field, is going to be wide open, which mm-hmm. is where TJ Hawkinson is going to make his money. That middle of the field is going to be wide open for him to just feast. So for me, it's a listen. If you get all that settled and he does really well this year, then 13.7 mil, that just looks like that just looks like chump change. It's like, here, take the money. We we'll, we'll want you. I think for most people, they want to see more production out of TJ Hawkinson before we commit to some sort of a long-term massive deal like that. I'm a little bit more on faith, and I guess that's part of the reason why I'm not a GM, because I'm willing to just believe rather than see. But for me, it's, listen, he had a full season with Matthew Stafford in his second year. He had over 700 yards receiving. He was one of the best tight ends that year. He had a Pro Bowl selection. It's, listen, he had a down year last year, but then again, practically everyone on the Lions had a down year. Let's see what he does this year. If he does well, then, by God, pay him the money. Please, keep him here. Let's not let another Ndamukong Sue walk out the door. No doubt. And my biggest beef with, I mean, surrounding Hawk, it's not with Hawk. It's not Hawk's fault. My biggest beef with how the Lions manage Hawk is the fact that I do think he at least has the potential to be a top 10 tight end in the league, at least purely from a talent standpoint. 
and they just don't use him nearly as much as they should. Like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle and these tight ends, Gronk in his prime, these tight ends who become these matchup nightmares where it's like, this guy's unstoppable. Linebackers can't cover him. Safeties can't cover him. Those guys, why do they have those reputations? How do they get to that point? It's not because Travis Kelsey gets the ball thrown to him twice a game. That's not why he has his reputation. It's because the Chiefs are like, hey, this guy's an absolute savage. Why don't we just give him the ball all the time? And for some reason, yeah, Hawk's been injured a little bit. But for some reason in the duration he's been in Detroit, whether it's the new regime last year, even though he was better last year, or previously with Patricia, nobody has thought to be like, let's just give TJ Hawkinson a lot. Let's give him the ball quite a bit, especially in a year like last year where, again, we just talked about Amon Ra. Like, he's no world beater. That's your next best option. How about TJ Hawkinson? Why don't you just treat him like a wide receiver one? That's my biggest issue with it. So if they were to bring him in for the 13 and change, but now they're going, okay, maybe they need to do that to themselves, tie their hands a little bit and go, we're cashing a check on this guy. Let's make sure we get our money's worth. Let's get him the ball six, seven, eight times a game. Let's get it to him in the red zone. Let's draw plays when it's third and goal from the six-yard line. Like when you have a six-four, six-five, whatever he is, freak of nature who's fast and can catch, there's like that. There's a reason those guys don't exist in the league. They're very rare. They're unicorns. So utilize them. And then the last part of it is how good of a blocker is he? Again, I don't. I haven't studied the TJ Hawkinson blocking tape. I haven't studied the analytics when he's trying to get an end or make a block on a linebacker. So I don't know if he's great at it, if he's terrible at it. I've never noticed him in a game to the point where I'm like, wow, Hawkinson, you stink at blocking. I've never noticed him negatively, which is a good sign. But he could be below average for all I know. That'd be another key thing. If he can block, if he's one of the better blocking tight ends in the NFL – 13 is a lot easier to swallow. He's an extra offensive lineman, but it depends on a lot of things. I just wish whatever they do, if they do keep him around, that they would use him more because it's like you're wasting gold. It's a shame. And I agree with you to a certain extent. I will say this to answer your one question, TJ Hawkinson, when he started out as a rookie, obviously he wasn't that good of a block because it's hard to transition from the college to the pros. But every single year, if you at least check on PFF, his blocking grades have gone up. They've gotten they've gotten steadily better. So for me, it's, listen, he's been in the league now for three years. He's going into his fourth season with the Lions. I think that paying him 13.7 mil right now, before he potentially could ask for a lot more than that, because again, the way the NFL kind of works is, okay, this guy just got paid the highest contract. Now I, it's my right. turn to get paid. I think I deserve to be the next highest paid person at my position. It's, listen, I don't want to get into a bidding war over, oh, I think I should be getting more than what Travis Kelsey gets. I think I should get that $16 million contract as a tight end. It's, no, it's, listen, even though the production for some fans has not been as high as they would like, let's understand something here. The last couple of years, the Lions have been an influx when it comes to the offense. We had Matt Patricia, and we were having guys that were going in and out of the lineup, whether they were leaving doing free agency, they were getting traded, or just the team just didn't gel with Matt Patricia as the coach. Last year, we have a completely new offense, completely new system, new coach, new quarterback, everything. Of course, it's going to be a down year, folks. But the fact that he almost still had 600 yards in a down year, and he was one of the best contested catching tight ends in the league, it's, dude, I get it. You don't want to spend a lot of money. You've been burned by tight ends before with this team, but it's like, have a leap of faith, folks. Trust the process. Trust Brad Holmes. 
trust what they're doing. I believe in Brad Holmes being able to make good decisions here. And Brad Holmes says he wants to bring TJ Hawkinson back. So let's bring him back. Just make the financial situation work out and we're gold. That's fair. That's the thing too is, like you said, if they don't extend him now and he has a monster season, they screwed themselves, the Lions did. And on the flip side, if you let him walk, you have to get another tight end eventually. It's funny. I relate it more to the NBA. There's always these crazy trades where superstars are going place to place for seven first round picks. And I sit there and I'm like, how many times could you do that? Because at some point, the idea of those picks is to become the player you just traded away. So if you're getting rid of Hawkinson to save money, you're going to want to find someone who is TJ Hawkinson and you'll have to pay again later anyways. Like you'll always have to pay someone. If you're trying to win, it's just going to happen. So I don't know. It'll be an interesting situation. But like you said as well, whatever Brad Holmes decides, he hasn't crossed me yet. He hasn't crossed me yet. I'm a feeble little guy. My heart's made of glass. Don't screw me, Brad. I'm with you for now, but <laughs> could change at a moment's notice. Uh, I love that. Dis- I-, I love that description. I love that description. All right, since we've been talking about T.J. Hawkinson and bringing him back, let's actually talk about the team at a larger point. So what we're going to talk about here is Peter King, a well-established, well-respected journalist, at least for the sports world. I don't know if he does anything Mm -hmm. else. But he had an interview that he was talking with Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, and Dan Campbell said, once again, some very interesting things that caught at least my attention, probably some other people. So Dan Campbell made a, how should I say, a comparison, if you will, to the Detroit Lions currently where they're at right now, like, Honestly, most teams, most people don't really see the Lions doing a whole lot this year. Sure, they'll win some more games, but they don't really see them as a credible threat, so to speak. Dan Campbell kind of compared the Detroit Lions right now to, (laughs) I don't know a whole lot about horses in derby races, but he compared us to a horse by the name of Rich Strike that in a derby race back in May was in the 16th position in the final lap with 33 seconds left and somehow pulled out a victory being that far behind with that little time left. And he compared the Lions to that kind of situation. Hey, a lot of people don't expect us to do a whole lot of things, but watch out. We can definitely do something. Do not sleep on us. So I have to ask the question to you. Do you think the Lions have the overall pieces or the overall team to win in 2022? Do you think they can win? Win what? Super Bowl? Just win. I'm not. I'm not saying Super. I'm not saying win the Super Bowl. I'm not going. I'm not drinking the Kool Aid that heavy. I just gotta clarify. I'm just saying, like, win. Yeah. Like, yeah. Be respectable. No, I get be it. Be respectable. Compete. Win a couple games. They maybe shouldn't win. I feel like we've been hand in hand on this. Where I think so. I think so. I think so. I've thought so forever. I always think so. I always think so. I thought last year, if you would have told me that when they start off 0-9 or something, if you would have told me that was the start, I would have been like, no chance. They're going to win a couple of games halfway through the season. Nope. Wrong, dude. They're the, they were the worst. I think so. It's a good analogy that they're a long shot because I don't think anybody expects them to blow anyone away out of the gates. But like we've said, if the offensive line is, the, is as good as they should be and you can run the ball – and Jared Goff can do what he does best, which is play action, hang out with all the time in the world, and throw it eight yards to TJ Hawkinson or Amon Ross St. Brown. I think they'd be, like, I would guess they'd be able to win some games. The division isn't super strong. The schedule as a whole isn't very strong. Um, I think so. I don't know. It's the Detroit Lions. Like, 
I, I don't know. I get the, how should I say this? Cautious optimism. Mm -hmm. That's what I, that's what I'm feeling from you. That's the vibe I'm getting is cautious yeah. optimism. I get it. You're like, I really want to believe, but I know how this game works. I've been down this road before. I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but here's the thing. I'm going to step a little bit further out here. And I think the lions can win because perfect example. You just talked about the, you take a look at the division this year, both the bears and the Vikings fired their head coaches and their GMs. So they're in essence in rebuilds. I don't give a, Hoot and Hanny, what Vikings fans say. When you fire your GM and your head coach, it's a rebuild. Don't call it a retool. We tried that for so many years with the Lions. We know what it is. It's a rebuild. It's not a retool. Mm -hmm. So you got the Vikings and Bears in rebuilds. Now you got the Packers. Here's the thing about the Packers. If anything, they stood pat this offseason. They shipped Devontae Adams out of town. So they've got nobody really on that wide receiver core that's going to really do anything that's going to threaten people. And for crying out loud, we just saw a list that came out a couple of days ago with the Packers have winning, having one of the bottom five worst wide receiver cores, and you got Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. That does not instill a lot of confidence, in my opinion, especially when your options at wide receiver are a geriatric Randall Cobb, a broken grandpa in Sammy Watkins, and two inexperienced wide receivers in Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. That does not threaten anybody. The thing that threatens people for the Packers is their defense. Their defense is stacked top to bottom. But in my mind, it's okay. The division, as you said, it's weaker. Nobody's going to be feeling too very threatened inside of the division. It's okay. The division is now up for grabs. It's not a clear number one shot that the Packers are the favorites. They still have the hold of the division until somebody proves otherwise. But it's not, yeah, the Packers are going to win the division hands down. Nobody's going to contest with them this year. That's not the case anymore. Then you take, like you said, a look at the schedule. The Lions have one of the weakest schedules in the entire NFL. Like, it's just drastically bad. The Lions are playing against the likes of the Giants, the Jets, the Jaguars. They're playing against a bunch of scrub teams that are further along in their, they're further behind in their rebuilds and where we're at. So it's, listen, I think that based upon what Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell have done, drafting as well as they have over the last two years, Getting the likes of Panay Sewell, Aleem McNeil, Amon Ross St. Brown, now getting Aiden Hutchinson, Jamison Williams, Josh Pascal. You're getting all these high motor, high work ethic, very leading, leading guys on this squad. I think that they have the pieces to win. Now, before I go full dive into the Kool-Aid here, I'm not saying they're going to win a Super Bowl. But could the Lions very well win eight, nine, ten games? I think that's doable. I'm not going to say that they're going to freaking win 12, 13 games. The most I'd ever give them is 11. But I think 8, 9, 10 games, that's not that far out of the possibility for the Lions based upon schedule and based upon the improvements that they've made. But like you said, it's going to depend on a couple of factors. We definitely need to stay healthy. The injury bug cannot bite us this year like it did last year. We were, we were just having guys drop left and right. We have to stay healthy, number one. Number two, that offensive line has got to perform to its top five billing that it's already got. If it can do that, the offense is going to score points and we're going to be in a lot better position to win. And the defense, it's got to step up from like its bottom of the pack mindset that it was last year and at least be an average defense at best. If all those things can happen, I think the Lions can definitely have an eight, nine, 10 win season. And I think if they have that many wins, there's a chance they could do a backdoor sneak into the playoffs. Whether or not they win a playoff game is another thing entirely. But I think the Lions have the pieces. They just have to, as they say, okay, we've given you what you need. Go I agree. It. And what scares me about that is 
I think that eight, nine, ten wins, like you just said, all that stuff that needs to happen. Injuries can't be too bad. Offensive line needs to be like fulfill their potential to the maximum. DeAndre Swift needs to be good. Hawkinson needs to be good. Jared Goff needs to find what he had in Los Angeles. Like the defense needs to get ten spots better at least. All of these things need to happen to win eight or nine games. And it's like, listen, I want to be the positive vibes guy. I enjoy being positive vibes guy. I enjoy having hope. <laughs> I enjoy when everyone else is like, this stinks. You whatever. I like being like, oh, you got it all wrong. It'll be if we don't have faith, what do we have? I love that. I've just gotten so <laughs> jaded to it where it's, yeah, we could win eight or nine games, but then I'm like, all right, maybe that Justin Tucker Ravens game happens again. There goes a win. Maybe Jared Goff gets hurt. There goes a couple wins. Please do not maybe bring that back up. Gets hurt. That hurts the offensive line. Like, people are going to get hurt. As much as I hate to say it, as much as I hate to say it, because I saw a Dan Campbell quote about it today, like the same old Lions thing, as much as I hate to say it, they're probably going to lose a game like that Ravens game where everybody at, on Sunday at 4.30 p.m., everybody is just staring at a wall in their basement. What are we doing here? Why do I do this? Why do I torture myself? They'll probably lose one of those games. <laughs> the offensive line will probably have a few games where Jared Goff I runs mean, for his life. I don't even know. I just – I've come to expect I – mean, I've come to be positive and then each year it's like a little bit of me gets chipped away where more and more I'm like, yeah, but they probably won't win eight games because – they're the Detroit Lions, and they can never do one thing. That's what we had all hoped it would be. I don't know. I hate to bring the vibes down, but. Well, we'll have to wait and see, honestly. I get, again, I've talked to people who are much more negative mm-hmm. than you by far. And it's like, listen, I get the negativity. I get the Debbie Downer mindset. But it's like, listen, as you said, if we don't have faith, what do we have? And the answer is nothing. At that point, you're just being miserable for misery's sake. And it's nobody likes yeah. that kind of company. It's like, exactly. shoot, go away. So for me, it's like, I get it, but have a little faith. Have a little confidence that Dan Campbell, <laughs> Brad Holmes, Aaron Glenn, they know what they're doing. Because so far, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, they've made all the right moves. The only moves that, again, I've had a problem with them doing is bringing back Brad Holmes. Not Brad Holmes, sorry. Forget that statement. For bringing back Tim Boyle. David Blau, those two, I can't understand why they brought him back. And then on top of that, bring back Alex Anzalone. Those are the mm-hmm. only three decisions that Brad Holmes has made that I'm scratching my head wondering, okay, what prompted that decision? Other than that, I'm all for what Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell have done. So it's a listen. I get it, folks. You have a little skepticism. That's fine. But sit back and enjoy the show because I guarantee you the Lions are going to surprise a lot of people this year pleasantly rather than unpleasantly. Just I'm riding with process. those guys. What scares me, though, is it's only year two still. It's only going to be year two for them. And there are so many players that are going to play for the Lions this year that are just bad NFL players. Unfortunately, that is the case. There's just so many guys that aren't that good at what they do, respectively, or like respect respectively in the NFL. Like Jared Goff, again, we kind of disagree. They're still, Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, no matter what they say, I know right now they're like, okay, this year and then we'll figure out a QB. Like they're thinking about something else, I guarantee it. The linebacker situation we talked about last week or two weeks ago. Garbage. Use McDonald's wrappers backing up the defensive line. We finally got a guy in Aiden Hutchinson. Need more of those. Need more pass rushers. The safety, the secondary situation, it's hopefully Jeff Okuda is decent. 
coming off of what he tears Achilles. That's a, a little bit of a wing and a prayer. AO has been good. And then after that, if he was hurt, Jerry Jacobs, ACL, like a couple more prayers back there. I have faith in the guys leading the ship, no doubt about it. It's just the guys who like physically are playing the games. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers, again, is still alive and breathes and his arm works. Funny enough, you bring up Jared Goff because Dan Campbell talked about Jared Goff in his interview. So Dan Campbell was asked by Peter King in the same interview about Jared Goff. And Dan Campbell said specifically that he feels that Jared Goff is in a really good place. And he said that they have given Jared Goff pieces to get the max potential out of him. He said that he was an accurate quarterback. He can put the ball right on the money. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Lots of good things for Jared Goff from Coach Dan Campbell. I have to ask you the question, though, and I know based upon that last statement you made, the question is, what do you think Jared Goff must do this season to secure the long-term job? What do you think he has to do to secure that job long-term? I'll be honest. I don't know if that possibility exists. Jared Goff being the long-term guy. He would, I think he would have to mm. light it up. Light it up this year for them to just totally ignore the quarterback position moving forward. And I think that's what it comes down to. Wait, I'm not saying ignore the quarterback position. They can very well next draft go out and use like a third or fourth round well, pick to yeah, improve yeah. the backup quarterback situation. I'm not I thinking that. I'm thinking that. like they go get C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Or someone, they're putting all of their eggs in somebody else. Uh, that, I think yeah. that will happen. I think there's a very Shit. high chance that happens. The way I, it doesn't happen, and I think what the Lions season hinges on the most this year is golf balling out. Because Dan Campbell said the situation, at least offensively, is actually pretty solid. Good O-line, good running backs, pretty good wide receivers, all things considered. Especially once Jamison comes back. It's like, you stink again? You got nothing to say, brother. And... If I had the bet, if my apartment's on the line, Dave, I'm not betting that Jared Goff's going to set the world on fire this year. I hate to say it. I do, but I watched the game. I, I played QB in high school, not that that has anything to do with an NFL quarterback, but, like, I've watched him play. I've seen him move. I've seen him try and evade a pass rusher. Like, you just need more. You need more from a guy. That's plain and simple. Obviously, we're going to have to agree to disagree here because here's the thing. You said Jared Goff needs to ball, and I do agree. Jared Goff needs to have a really good year this year. But I think that with the talent that's around him, there's a better chance of that happening than probably over the last three years, ever since 2018 sure. actually did happen. Because here's the way I look at it. You have an offensive coordinator that is working directly with Jared Goff to build this offensive scheme for exactly his strengths. So there's that. You have a coach and a GM that have expressed utmost confidence in him. So you don't have to worry about the trust factor that was there in L.A. Mm -hmm. between him yeah. and freaking Sean McVay. you got a very young, talented, and deep wide receiver room. you got a nice corral of running backs, and you're behind one of the top five offensive lines. As far as I'm concerned, yes, what you said, if he does not do well this year, yeah, he doesn't have a leg to stand on. But in my mind, Jared Goff did well last year with substantially less. And what I mean by that is over like the last six games, again, most of his offensive line was dealing with injuries. DeAndre Swift was injured. TJ Hawkinson was injured. All he had to throw to was Josh Reynolds and Amon Ross St. Brown. If he can do what he did with just them, and he's going to have almost four or five times that much talent surrounding him to start the year, I think it's a foregone conclusion that he is going to do better. 
The question that's on everybody's mind is, how much better is he going to do? Is he going to recapture that 2018 form? I, again, more optimistic, believe that he can do it. That is my opinion, and I get it. There are some people <laughs> that don't agree with me. That's totally fine. That's, what, that's why having these discussions is a good thing. I just think that, in my opinion, again, like we were just talking a couple minutes ago, let's just say, hypothetically, the Lions win 9, 10 games, and they slip into the playoffs. Okay, fine. You got into the playoffs. Can you win a playoff game? If Jared Goff wins a playoff game here in Detroit, at that point, you oh, have yeah. to have that discussion because he'd be the first oh, yeah. quarterback in Lions history since Eric Kramer yeah, to win a playoff game. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Detroit will not let the guy leave, even if Dan Campbell wants him to. They won't let the guy leave. So if he wins a playoff game, nobody, there's no more questions to be asked. And I agree, he did improve at the end of last year. But it's, dude, we, I got to see that over a 17-game span now, not just six or whatever it was. I know people were out and this and that and the other thing. But being the quarterback, making $30 million a year or whatever it is he makes, you go 0-8, sure, the O-line was a little banged up. Sure, you didn't have any wide receivers. You're 0-8, people are going to be like, this QB wants to deal with the quarterback. <laughs> Plain and simple. So I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember you said that. When Aaron Rodgers potentially struggles with his $40 million contract. Oh, line's banged up. Oh, he's got a crap See, wide receiver court. Get it done, Aaron Rodgers. Get it done. Aaron Rodgers, I swear to God, the last five years, every season, it's Danica Patrick. It's he wants to go host Jeopardy. He doesn't have any wide receivers. Every year, there's some reason Aaron Rodgers is going to be garbage. And then next thing we know, it's December, and people are like, Green Bay's going to win the NFC. Is this Rodgers' second Super Bowl coming up here? Every year. Every single year, it's this is the year Rodgers falls apart. Uh, oh, 40 touchdowns. Don't worry about it. Forget it, guys. Every year it happens. Like, the guy's the boogeyman. Yeah, you bring that up, and they go to the – yeah, but here's the thing. They go to the playoffs, and every time, that's Aaron Rodgers' kryptonite. Oh, we get to the divisional game. We get to the championship game, and we just fall apart. Again, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers haven't been to a Super Bowl since 2010. I was in freaking yeah, middle school still then. Insane. Come on now, folks. That is insane. Come it's on. that long. And I agree. Like, he does. They stink in the playoffs, no doubt about it. At least they get to go. At least they play the divisional game. At least they play the conference <laughs> game. Like, that'd be cool once. That'd be cool. What, Seattle, was that 2014? That'd be cool to do it. We don't ever. They host those games, too. We don't even get to I do agree. that when we go to the playoffs. I agree. I get it. I know. I'm just simply saying, can it happen? Yes, it can. Is it more likely than not to happen this year? Yes, it is, based upon weaker schedule, based upon the talent that we've acquired this offseason. Again, there is hope. There is reason for optimism. But again, my Kool-Aid lust is only going to go so far. I'm not going to turn full-blown Homer and be like, oh, yeah, the Lions are going to go to Super Bowl. No, that's never coming out of my mouth. I think the Lions can win games. I think they might make it to the playoffs. They might even be able to sneak a playoff win off this year. But that's about as far as I'm going to go. Because I like what the Lions have. I like their schedule look this year. I think they can do a lot of good things. But, again, we have to wait and see. Which, granted, we don't have to wait much longer because training camp, hard knocks, it's all getting ready to start here in weeks. I agree. I think that's possible, but we'll have to see. I hope you're right. I want to come back a year from now and talk about how they're going to retire Jared Goff's jersey and we're going to have front row tickets. I want to have that conversation with you. (laughs) Oh, for sure. 
But with that, folks, we've actually gone a little bit over our allotted time. We had a really good discussion, you and me, Nick. So I'm so glad about it. But with that, folks, this has been Pride or Die. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. And again, I love having conversations with you, Nick. But until then, Pride or Die, die, folks. Have a good one, everybody. Adios. I'm a kid and you know I be on the way